This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets ended the week mixed. Russia, Ukraine war, and weather continue to drive these markets. RML trading market analyst Terry Fitchner says weather forecasts also adding uncertainty to these markets. Weather going to maybe improve a little bit, but uh, here we're not going to warm up a lot, uh, at least for another week. So... It's going to be a slow go, I think, before everything gets cranked up. Farmers in the eastern Corn Belt have been waiting for warmer temperatures. Corn Belt marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says soil temperatures are expected to warm rapidly. I would say after the last stint here, we had them uh, you know, still in the upper 30s and, and lower uh, to mid-40s, and now we're going to see things jump up closer into the, into the 50s, and I would say after this weekend, uh, even warmer yet. And so I think there's going to be more confidence for guys to start on beans around here just because of those ground temperatures and the fact that we're still going to see some lows in the uh, mid-upper 30s potentially next week. Uh, after that, the hope is that uh, you know those temperatures are eventually going to firm and we'll see a lot more confidence about putting corn in the ground, too. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith said the soybean market was less impacted by weather than the corn or wheat markets. And since we're, we're not right up to soybean planting yet, although for some of those guys that get the really big yields, we're not quite on the uh, starting line here yet, but we're getting close. And we've got some weather issues, you know, um, particularly in Illinois, uh, where things are unusually wet. So there, there's, a, there's a little bit of a sense of tension starting to develop there. Ever Ag market analyst Britt O'Connell said planting progress is really not a big bullish story yet. Yeah, well, everybody seems to be getting the itch. We're not really late planting until we're late planting. And, uh, you know, that won't really start grabbing a lot of gears, I believe, until we start pushing into the month of May. There's certainly areas of the country that wish they could be out there getting some field work done, uh, including our very own here in southwest Wisconsin. But to call us late would be premature. Wheat complex struggling with export demand. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says strength of the U.S. dollar is a major factor. The U.S. dollar eventually does hurt um, commodity export business out of the United States as long as there's not a bigger problem. Now, you look at it and you say, oh, there's probably got to be a bigger problem, right, given everything that we have. But even with Russia and Ukraine having the issues that they do, USDA decided to decrease our wheat exports. And I think that's a big writing on the wall. And the corn and soybean market, export market, not as sensitive to the value of the dollar. That's a very different story, right? You have corn, soybeans, both um, grown in limited amounts of players, and both times there's big players, right? The U.S. is, is king for corn, and then it comes to Frina crop. And then, honestly, for exports, you're looking at Ukraine, um, soybeans, obviously, between us and South America, Brazil, and Argentina. The wheat is a little bit different, that it's grown everywhere, um, and it's grown in some larger quantities in a lot of places. So, overall, I think you're just limited news. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose said the grain market ended the week very choppy. That after starting the Friday session overnight lower, then moving higher on news that Indonesia would be restricting exports of palm oil. World veg oils just took a sharp spike to the upside, and that pulled soybeans higher, corn higher, uh, wheat higher. But then I think uh, the trade looked around and said, whoops, opening uh, uh, weather's going to be in front of us. And so uh, technical selling, uh, chart selling right at the end of the week. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. You never quite know when that next storm is going to strike. 
and all it takes is for a little hail to ruin a perfect crop. But you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. The insurance professionals at Egg Country can help customize a policy that will fit your farming operation. Protect your revenue today by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, experts in every field. More than 4,000 FFA members and guests from across the state will participate in the 2022 Minnesota State FFA Convention. This is Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick, and we'll be in Minneapolis-St. Paul to provide coverage of the state convention. This special coverage is sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, and the Minnesota Farmers Union. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Next week, the agriculture industry and Class 1 railroads like BNSF, Canadian Pacific Railway, and Union Pacific Rail will testify in front of the Surface Transportation Board on rail service carrier problems. The board is getting reports of inconsistent, unreliable rail service. In late March, the National Grain and Feed Association sent a letter to the board saying their members are not able to purchase grain from farmers because they're waiting on loaded trains moved by the railroad. Members also ran out of grain and have been forced to shut down flour and feed mills. Friday, the Ag Transportation Working Group sent a letter to the board as well. Northern Plains Agriculture is not immune from these rail delays. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association Executive Vice President Stu Letcher says it's not only the winter weather that's causing issues in North Dakota. The labor environment is challenging for everybody, so that could, um, you know, it could potentially be some some of that as well. In next week's hearing, the Surface Transportation Board wants the railroad to explain the actions they'll take to fix the issues. Letcher is hopeful the board can use their powers to direct the railroads to step up the pace on hiring workers. It sounds to me like they just maybe have had some labor cuts that were just probably a little too deep and are unable to handle. You know, when you get in commodity prices doing what they're doing now, you're going to get some grain to move and and they just seems like they just aren't able to handle the surge. The hearing will be Tuesday and Wednesday and live streamed on the Surface Transportation Board's website. The Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City says farm lending activity accelerated in the first quarter of 2022. That's due to a significant increase in the size of operating loans. The Fed says while higher crop prices are likely to support farm revenue, concerns about the cost and availability of inputs are raising concern about profitability. Fertilizer prices continue the Upward trend, according to DTN's weekly survey of ag retailers, all eight major fertilizers are more expensive than the previous month. DAP was the most expensive fertilizer in the second week of April, up 8%, reaching an all-time high. MAP and urea prices rose 7%. A coalition of agriculture groups filed a friend-of-the-court brief supporting landowners who are challenging the definition of the Waters of the United States rule. The case is expected to be heard in the U.S. Supreme Court this summer. The group's Filing the brief include Farm Bureau and organizations representing corn, soybeans, sugar, wheat, and pork. Negotiations continue between Minnesota's House and Senate Agriculture Committee leaders on a drought relief package. The sticking point in negotiations continues to be funding for the Department of Natural Resources. Minnesota House Ag Committee Chairman Mike Sandine says as of Friday, an agreement is close. Once an agreement is reached, the conference committee will have to approve it. Probably do that uh remotely and uh, just get signatures on the, on the agreement and then uh, and have it drafted. 
nobody's skipping town on this one. If an agreement is reached over the weekend, Sundin says the bills could be considered as soon as Monday. Minnesota's farm industry leaders want crop insurance protected in the next farm bill. They also oppose tying conservation reserve program participation to crop insurance benefits. These farm bill priorities were highlighted in a meeting with Minnesota Senator Tina Smith in Burnsville on Wednesday. Next week, the Senate Agriculture Committee will be holding their first field hearing on the 2023 Farm Bill. That will be in Michigan. The House Agriculture Committee is scheduled to meet next Wednesday to examine price discrepancies, transparency, and unfair practices in the cattle markets. The hearing will be live streamed on the House Agriculture Committee's YouTube channel at 11 o'clock Central Time. South Dakota FFA State Convention will kick off this Sunday in Brookings. The Red River Farm Network will be covering the convention made possible by the South Dakota Farmers Union and Full Circle Ag. Also, be sure to tune in to our reports from the Minnesota State FFA Convention as well. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. When you've been around for as long as we have, you've been through your share of challenging times. For more than 50 years, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association has been providing our state's farmers with education, representation, and proactive advocacy. We're proud of our past, but we're focused on the future. No matter the challenges our generation faces, we'll be there to help ensure production agriculture remains a profitable endeavor for years to come. The North Dakota Grain Growers Association. You raise, we represent. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. The Midwest will see a mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks that will allow field work to progress. World Weather Incorporated says locally heavy rains will fall on the lower Midwest Saturday into Sunday, but no region is expected to be wet enough to cause extended delays to field work. A major blizzard will occur tonight through Saturday across the western Dakotas and eastern Montana into the Canadian prairies. Snow accumulations will range from 10 to 20 inches with wind gusts greater than 40 miles per hour. Rains will continue for the eastern Dakotas and Minnesota with rainfall totals upwards of an inch and a half in some locations in northwestern Minnesota. National Weather Service Bismarck-based meteorologist Todd Hamilton says this system will be warmer than last week's blizzard. We're expecting, you know, some 50s uh, south to 30s north today. On Saturday, it will turn colder in western North Dakota with the highs in the low to mid-30s where the snow's occurring. But in eastern North Dakota on Saturday, we could see temperatures approaching the low to mid-70s, more probably into the 60s, but certainly a lot warmer over southeast North Dakota on Saturday than in uh, western North Dakota. And then by Sunday, the colder temperatures are across the state with mainly 30s over much of North Dakota. You can expect cold temperatures immediately following the storm system before temperatures warm up late next week. Cattle producers in the western part of North Dakota are still taking stock of the impacts from last week's blizzard. Belfield, North Dakota rancher Byron Richards says sometimes 
To end a drought, you need a calf-killing storm. I would say we had to be somewhere in that 20 to 24 inches. And um, our biggest challenge has been the cattle. Everybody around here is kind of in the, right in the midst of their calving, so there was a fair amount of death loss. I would anticipate you're going to see a minimum of 10% maybe out there. We had a group of our own cows actually got out on a dam, 16 of them, and fell through, so we lost them. Another producer I know by Richardson, he had 70 cows that went off to Hard River, and they got covered up, and slowly they lost 70 head out of that group. So there are some death losses out there. A lot of snow still out there where people won't know until that melts away just how many they truly lost. NDSU McLean County Extension agent Sarah Bedger says even though there's been a significant amount of snowfall, there's still drought concerns. And while many livestock producers are in the heart of calving season right now, most won't refuse the moisture. It's a strange type of gratitude. Farmers and ranchers are incredibly resilient. And so they've learned to deal with weather patterns and cycles. Are we grateful for moisture coming? Absolutely. Have some of them said they take it in any form they can get it? Absolutely. Um, but those losses are still really, really difficult. It still is completely exhausting and, and can be very dangerous. You know, I have uh, producers I know that have been sleeping in their barn and up around the clock doing checks every hour and, and going out into those conditions. I think a lot of people might not realize the incredible level of dedication. North Dakota Stockman's Association Executive Vice President Julie Ellingson urges producers to look into the Livestock Indemnity Program, which could help compensate livestock producers for any losses that happened during the storm. There's a 30-day window in order to um, file a notice of, of loss or reaching out to the office of that there are livestock deaths. More information on the Livestock Indemnity Program can be found on NDSA's website or by contacting your local FSA office. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Here's Ken Divert from BASF. Yeah, 2022 will be all about a solid residual weed control program to help stretch that glyphosate and liberty supply. And Ingenia and Zidua, for example, may be applied pre up to V6 in dicamba tolerant soybean. And this will help reduce your need for glyphosate and liberty and help ease those supplies. Ingenia and Zidua may be applied pre and post to maximize those yields. Talk to your local retailer about using the most flexible residual program for dicamba tolerant soybean. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org.